send me or Paul your address in the US. Um, I'll send you a copy of the X Room because I can imagine that it might be hard to find over there. I'd be delighted to do that. Paul, I'm going to say goodbye to you for a minute. And the reason yep. is that I want a clear screen. Before we go and meet our guests, I want to share a few photographs um, of the amazing work that's going down um, on in Cork. So Brian comes from a family that supply florists, anybody who loves to cut flowers for, um, for weddings, this is the type of thing they would normally supply. And what's happened uh, in Cork and everywhere else over the last while is that three weeks ago, everything closed down. Uh, and this is what they've decided to do. So just before we go and meet them, I'm gonna show you a picture of this rooftop. Uh, actually, Instagram isn't so good for, uh, for this type of thing. Uh, Cork Rooftop Farm. Maybe we'll be able to float some videos because I got some videos. If we can't, we'll put them on the Instagram account or certainly the garden uh, uh, conversation uh, uh, account. So this is Cork Rooftop Farm and it's a remarkable story. And I'm just about to invite them to come in if we can. There we go. Yeah, it's a remarkable story of um, of hope for this time. Uh, in time of a crisis, get out and do something. And Brian and Ty have done exactly that. Just waiting for them to join up. Frank and Waters. Christy Moore. I have Christy Moore here. He's part of the um, of the lockdown collection. But Paul complains if I play any diddly eye music. Let me just see. Cork Rooftop Farm, and we'll see if this works. Waiting for them to join. So they're in their apartment in Cork. We had a little chat earlier on today to find out. Hello! Hello, hey. how are we now? Yeah, very good, how are you? Great, very how are you? Good. good, good. Let me just get rid of the photograph that I'm up here so we can uh, all see it. We, we have complete... Oh, no, I'll do it. I'll do it like there that. Uh, anyway, Brian and Thai, is that right? That's it. Yes. And Brian, you're from Bishopstown in Cork, and Thai, yeah. you're from Brazil. Brazil, yes. So tell me, first of all, how did you both come to gardening? What was your first experience? I think it was through grandparents. Yeah, so um, I suppose the link back along that started everything for us was um, my grandmother used to, well, my, fa my grandparents used to have glass houses in the old family home in Bishopstown. And um, she used to grow vegetables and flowers in the glass houses. And those glass houses remained there until when my family moved into that house in the early 90s. So three generations of the McCarthy family used the, used those glass houses in some form so or other. Your um, granny just loved gardening and she loved yeah. growing flowers and she wanted to have fresh food for her family. Correct. So it didn't yeah. start off as a commercial operation. No, 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 no. But then your dad really enjoyed it and he set up a business based on that. Yeah, so when my, my father left school and finished up school, he um, 
he started selling the flowers that my grandmother or my grandmother was growing. And um, so he was wholesaling to florists uh, around Munster. And that's how that business started. And that grew then and he started importing flowers then as well. Once there's only so many flowers you can grow on a third of an acre. So um, once that went on, he, he grew that business and had to, we, we started importing then and now I'm involved in that business as well. And um, yeah. Very good. And Tori, where, where are you from in Brazil? I'm from uh, Minas Gerais, it's behind up Rio de Janeiro. Um, my okay. city, my city. It's uh, a wonderful, is... it's a really wonderful country with a very uh, diverse flora and yes. one of my favorite gardeners ever, garden designers ever, came from Brazil. You know the work of Roberto Burle Marx? Oh my you know, God. He, he did the, along the Copacabana, he did that oh, wow. paving stones, the waves, and he did the landscaping of Brasilia. And uh, he, he was quite incredible. He loved graphic design, he loved architecture, and he loved the native flora of the country. He combined them all together to create the most brilliant gardens in lots of oh. places around the world, but, uh, but mainly Brazil. And you got into gardening also through your grandmother. Uh, yes, he, she loved you know, plant tomatoes and kale, you know, um, and we love uh, it. <laughs> so, yes, she, she was fabulous. So you end up in Cork and you meet Brian and you're both getting on with your lives. And Brian, you're working with the floristry. I was talking to you with, with, with Supplanda at the first. I was talking to you a little bit earlier about the Dutch auctions, which I yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, they're amazing. I mean, um, so I've grown up all my life with, with fresh flowers, more so fresh cut flowers than, say, plants and uh, uh, vegetables. But um, we import our flowers from the Dutch auctions. And uh, yeah, it's an incredible system. The, the Dutch are the leaders in fresh flowers for a reason. They have, they have it sussed. You know, the, the auctions are incredible, not only in terms of the volume and throughput with the logistics um also their research and development into fl uh, flowers as well as is you know they're the leaders in the world of this so it's it's hugely fascinating um but so for hundreds and hundreds of years they've been growing plants and we know all about yeah. their uh, how they took the bulb in and made it their own yeah and they're influencing gardens all around the world china has gone mad for dutch bulbs and uh uh, gardens yeah. that are filled uh, with bulbs, like uh, just enormous paintings. Uh, yeah. But in Alzmere, just outside uh, Amsterdam, mm -hmm. very near the airport, is where the auctions take place. And yeah. I haven't seen, I've heard about these auctions, and in, yeah. in a way they're dying out, but they're meant to be extraordinary. It's a bit like a cat cattle mart, is it? <laughs> a very beautiful cattle mart. Um, very colourful one. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, the auctions still function, I mean, um, although with a more modern twist on them nowadays. So they used to have uh, auction clocks uh, where the people, the, the wholesalers and the buyers used to go in and press a button on a clock and they would buy their lots of flowers. But nowadays people remote log in through computers from all around the world. So you don't have to necessarily be in Holland to buy on the Dutch auctions. I can be sitting at my desk here in Ireland 
or somebody in America or Africa right. or in Asia. So it's it's very much a global um, kind of mecca for the fresh flower trade. But unfortunately... The, it's, the options it's, were quite incredible because they mm. acted in a slightly different way. The uh, price was set very, very high. Correct. The price went down, 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 down. And so, when yeah. you would bid, you'd press a Yeah, so it starts at what the... the, the auctioneer so the guy who controls the clocks he sees what's coming on every day he knows what prices different growers or different varieties of flowers traditionally or day-to-day uh, attain and then he sets the price high and it goes down when somebody sees it at a price that they're happy to pay they press the button stops it and then they tell them how many units they want to buy and in a few in an hour or two later they have it in their in their cold storage room you know it's um it's it's as quick as that so Starts every morning here at five o'clock Irish time and finishes usually by about half nine, ten o'clock in the morning, and then two days later they'd be uh, landed in our in our doorstep in Ireland. And would your dad send you over to Holland to buy the plants and to do that bidding? He we go over there regularly to check everything out. With technology now, you don't need to go over as much as you used to, so um, technology's kind of helped massively in that respect. You does more detail than ever before um, we know more about flowers now than we ever did um, so we're able to trust a lot of the data that's given to us nowadays and, and buy that way um, but I still go over regularly because obviously it's it's great to see it in the flesh it's great to meet the growers meet the meet the people buying to see the new trends and yeah it's exciting it's what I love about the job I suppose so three weeks ago, four weeks ago, life was going along swimmingly. You yeah. were buying in lots of flowers, roses especially. Mm. David Austin roses were very popular with brides. Everybody, everybody wants it perfect. And yeah. that was your main concern. And then all of a sudden, overnight, everything stopped. Yeah. So after, really, it happened about a week before Mother's Day. Things started to slow down dramatically in the auctions. So when... Countries started to close their borders and restrict supply chains and restrict movement um, of people. So market, you know, economies stopped really, you know, for there was no demand for fresh flowers. So growers were still operating the same way they normally would, sending millions of flowers per week to stems of flowers per week to the auctions. And unfortunately, nearly 75% of that uh, the week after Mother's Day went in the bin, so is to be turned to compost. And you were back home in Cork, and uh, the two of you had a discussion. You yeah. were in the middle of a little building project. You were mm. in a flat in Cork City, yeah. and you were looking down over a roof in yeah. one of the old premises of the business. So what yeah. happened? Yeah, so our company used to be based on the Coal Key in Cork, an old trading street, and... Um, we were looking down at the roof of that old premises, which has never been used. You know, it's just the top of a roof like every other building. It's a flat roof, though. And we were looking down on it. And at the time, we were talking about, you know, we're going to have a bit more time on our hands going forward. Would it be nice to grow, yeah, grow a bit of a garden for ourselves? And Ty said, oh, look down there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, initially, I was a bit sceptical, but... Uh, we had a good chat about it and we said, yeah, come on, let's give it a go. So we decided let's, let's do something 
a bit more substantial. Um, let's use this unused space um, and put a like well a rooftop farm on top of it, and let's grow. A rooftop farm in the yeah. Vehicle. So it's yeah, it's um, it's pretty foreign concept in Ireland. It's 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 quite common actually in uh, in the states. And I think there's a bit of it in in, in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> Fast forward. Um, I like the tractor on top. I definitely don't know what it hold the load of the tractor. Uh, <laughs> so where 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 did you get this idea from? What inspired the idea of a farm in the city? Yeah. While everybody else was on lockdown. Yeah, I think we we're we're lucky in that we have a bit of outdoor space in the city. Um, a lot of people don't and we were thinking wow you know maybe we can grow something Zombie. incredibly fresh and <laughs> yeah or, uh, incredibly fresh and tasty right on their doorstep um, you know we've within a, like a radius of 500 meters there's thousands of people living near us it's very densely populated near where we're, we are um, and the, the idea is to inspire people. You went on YouTube or something like that, you found a yeah. movie? Yeah, we, we watched um, an incredible movie, which I would highly recommend anybody to watch, uh, uh, The Biggest Little Farm. Um, oh, it's brilliant. It's absolutely incredible. Their story is... Amazing. Yeah. So we watched that and then we were pot committed after that. I want yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is is it true that you were a bit more hesitant you thought you'd try something on a smaller scale but Ty yeah. waited in and said no let's do this properly yeah yes Ty, Ty was, was a little bit uh, no Ty was like let's not. let's feed the world you know <laughs> and then let's I can't had <laughs> wonderful why, so, why so what, sad <laughs> What what what's it going to be? What are you doing? I, I've been watching your videos on yeah. uh, Instagram, and I've been seeing bags a load of soil. Been yeah. I've been seeing you make polytunnels. I've been seeing conversations with people about putting beehives up there, and I've been seeing a whole group form behind you. But it's the two of you who are doing all this work. Yeah. So yeah, it is. It's the two of us. So there's. Um, I suppose there's plenty of work, so it keeps us good and busy. But the, the plan is, um, initially, we want to create an area of raised beds over the roof. So we're going to put these raised beds on pallets um, and grow all our vegetables and, and fruit in those. We also have the polytunnel, which we set up a few weeks ago. So all our seedlings are, are uh, germinating there at the moment. And we're uh, eagerly awaiting a few more sprouts there. So the good weather couldn't have come at a better time. And you've started yeah. composting all your green waste yeah. straight away. Yeah, so we built a, a compost uh, container. So we started obviously we started with our own home uh, waste and stuff like that, and we're dumping all that. But I think again, you know, community-wise, there might be a bit more we can do there in terms of encouraging people to home to recycle more of their their suitable waste, and we can use that. You know. Um, and that's just on our doorstep as well. It's a resource that, you know, is right next to us. Um, and obviously we'll have all the the green waste and stuff that comes from our garden naturally as well. Um, so this really is an initiative that greens the city. But more than that, it's an educational 
and an aspirational idea. Yeah. Rooftop gardens aren't easy. No. Um, the first thing you have to find out is the roof stable. Yeah. Does the roof leak? So the first job that you went, you found uh, an engineer, yeah? Yeah, so I was lucky that I had an engineer working on my, the apartment that I'm working with at the moment. So I asked him, could he look at this? We had an idea. He took a look, gave us the thumbs up, and we explained what we would be doing, the kind of weights involved, uh, the amount of topsoil we envisage using. And yeah, he said it was, it was good to go. So it's, it's, it's probably the most commonly asked question we get at the moment on our Instagram pages. Will the roof take the weight? And, you know, it was good to have reassurance of that from, from day one because it would have been, um, uh, it, it, I wouldn't be sleeping at night if I didn't think it would, you know. So even losing all your business for the moment, you mm -hmm. haven't uh, put up a GoFundMe page. You've done no. this. You've, you've used all your own resources to build it. You're using recycled material where possible. You're using the best mm -hmm. of topsoil, the best of compost, and you're about to sow your seeds. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, Ty's been doing most of the seed <laughs> things. So her baby, and she's uh, anxiously Ty, waiting for them. What have you? What have you decided to sow? Oh, uh, we kind of went mad online there one night with um, brown envelope seeds. So uh, we have we have it all, <laughs> um, and lo loads of people are getting in touch, offering us more, offering us seedlings that they have seeds yeah. they have. It's it's unbelievable, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm going down to my cousin tomorrow, picking up potatoes. Um, so yeah, it, I mean we've got we've got a, a, a huge crop. We've in our polyton we've got about three or four different types of lettuces. We've got potatoes, as I said. We've got about six or seven different types of tomatoes, um, parsnips, carrots. Um, yeah, I could I could go on. We've all different types of herbs. Um, where we've we need to kind of increase our fruit crop. All right, that's the one thing we're a bit lacking at the moment is fruit, but. Um, yeah, we'll we'll work on that, and we have had a few people in touch about, uh, you know, putting a beehive up there, um. So we'll have to we'll have to see if that's all good or not, and um, possibly chickens, you know, who aren't afraid of heights, <laughs> and uh, that, yeah, we'll we'll see. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it is in in gardening terms, definitely, it's the most inspiring story. I've heard anywhere over the past month when everybody Excellent. else is going through this really challenging time. And it lets us all know that we can do something. We can yeah. achieve something. We can get out there. Somebody was asking, how did you get the soil up? It's only one floor up, so the machine yeah. was able to drop the uh, soil, and you've charted all that on your uh, Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, yeah it, was a tough, it was a tough job oh, to get it delivered. Uh, a lot of delivery companies are are shut down as well. Um, so we had the soil s sourced about two weeks ago, and it took us about a week and a half then to find somebody to deliver. And then once we did, yeah, it was a big relief because time was kind of ticking. Is it good to have a project at the moment? Is it oh, good that yeah. yeah, yeah very very we're, nice. I, I feel hugely lucky. I mean, um, we live in an apartment that's about, you know, about 30 square, 35 square metres, and... Um, yeah, I'd say the four walls will be getting 
they'd be starting to close in a bit now if, if we didn't have this space to be working in, you know. Um, and anybody who's looking down on this plot in other buildings must be highly energised by... Yeah, or yeah. very confused. Um, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, no, it's, I mean, there are a lot of apartment blocks around us kind of literally looking down. Um, so, if yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be cool for them to see it coming along. And um, the reaction we've gotten since we started on the social media has been unbelievable. Um, we're kind of blown away by it, to be honest. Um, we didn't, we didn't expect anything, you know, we were just kind of starting into it uh with a kind of a hope to grow some to grow a nice crop of of vegetables and and, and stuff like that but i i think not expecting anything of it is the charm of it um yeah, and I yeah. Think that's it's really inspiring people and capturing all our imagination cork of course has such a great garden and food mm. culture so Massive. you couldn't be in a better place and uh people like to know where their produce comes from. Yeah. And to think that you might be able to supply some of the restaurants that are in the city, some of the restaurants so. going through a tough time at the moment. Yeah. But by the time you start producing food from that plot, hopefully the restaurants are opening up again. So yeah. I, I think it's an amazing story. I wanted to get them to go up to help you dig and lift. And as soon as I... I, I Please. You're more than welcome anyway. As soon as the... Uh, as soon as the shackles are, are off, we are more than as, to come down. As soon as the shackles are off, I will be down there. So could I just encourage everybody to follow Brian and Thai on Cork at Cork Roof Garden, is that it? Uh, Cork, Roof, uh, Cork Rooftop Farm. Cork Rooftop Farm on yeah. Instagram. It is probably the most amazing story you will hear from lecture this time. Thanks it's been absolutely lovely to meet you. Cheers. And do you mind if we check in on progress over absolutely, the next few weeks? Yeah, absolutely, uh, we'd love that. That would be great. Well, a big congratulations to everybody who's watching in from all over the world tonight. Thank really you. Oh, thank Cheers, you. Thanks thank a million. Thank Good luck now. Take care, bye-bye. <laughs> well, weren't they absolutely remarkable, inspirational? Um, to see it happening now, you know, when we're all kind of navel-gazing and wondering what the future is going to hold, I'm sure it can't be easy to uh, make stuff happen at uh, uh, such a, uh, a challenging time. I just couldn't get over that story. And I was so delighted that they were so relaxed, easy and free to talk to. What do you think about that, Paul? Yeah, what a brilliant thing to be doing. What you know, it is the absolute best thing to be doing right now. Um, I'm for some, I'm <laughs> for some reason I wasn't able to show the videos. Brian had sent me videos and pictures of the site, and uh, on the Instagram you could just charge chart it almost from the very start of an idea. And I love the fact that they're in Cork. They're not trending, media savvy, or whatever. Ordinary people who work hard, who are inspired by their grandparents to have a love of gardening, who see this space down below them and who decide that that space has, has promised and are so generous in allowing us to see it and to follow its progress. Just an amazing story. And it's just the, like the fact that they went for it. They decided, you know, why not? You know, because, well, I guess, you know, not a lot is happening at the moment. So it is in some ways a perfect opportunity. But 
what a great thing to embrace and what a cool I can't wait to see it develop like every day when you go onto the Instagram there's something else happening you've been yeah. sending me videos during the week and at first I was kind of like what's this all about and now that I've heard the whole story it makes perfect sense but at first I was kind of going because the timing and everything I was just like how you know there were so many questions when you saw it the Instagram you just I had lots of questions anyway but they have been now answered and I kind of now understand what they're about, what's happening. Then. And it's great. The, the secret is it comes down to just one lovely couple and it just has to be one couple because of we have to look after each other by staying away. So one couple who decided to do something themselves. Yeah, fantastic. They've just sent in a thank you. Um, but I, well, I hope we're going to go back and have a look at what they're up to in the uh, future. You know, I can't wait to see those seeds uh, develop. There's a great, there's a brilliant veg guy, Dermot. Uh, he does a lot of the growing for Avoca. Uh, absolutely brilliant uh, veg guy. I'd love him to go down and, and, and take a look at it. And I'd love you to uh, yeah. go down and share some of your craft when we're able to go down. Uh, because that type of endeavor really needs to be encouraged. There is so much doom and gloom, and what we're, we've no idea what we're about to go through when all of this gets over. Uh, life just won't be the same or it won't be as we knew it. It might be nicer, it might be slower, it might be kinder, but financially it's not going to be the same. Lots of people who are watching now will be going through their own challenges. So to see something literally growing, starting from this literally growing is a pure delight. And especially so, where it is. I mean, in the yeah. middle of Cork City, you can't, you kind of forget that at times. You know, we're lucky we're out in the countryside and we're away from people and everything. But in the middle of a city when something like that is happening now, you know, when everything is looking at its darkest, it's, yeah, it's brilliant. Tom and, Dixon also so, does some city veg going with special lights. Yeah, uh, I know that Tom had something. Tom was, Tom is an interesting chap. He's a supreme designer, very nice lad. He was friend of the Conron family over in England. He was the chief designer for Habitat. And I think eventually he was managing director of the design firm Habitat. And I know he did something at the Chelsea Flower Show uh, about growing fruit and veg under lights and uh, whatever it was a, a, a good idea. But there's something in this about not so much the under the lights thing, getting back to basics. We live in an increasingly urbanized society. And what that means is people have left the land in our country and all around the world. And it's very dramatic in places like China. And they've moved to these cities. This uh, could be Seoul in um, South Korea, could be New York, it could be Chicago, it could be one of a hundred cities that we've never heard of in, in, in China. And city farms and urban gardening and guerrilla gardening are certainly the way to go to have produce that doesn't have air miles sometimes it happens it has to happen under lights and indoor and there are certainly multi-story gardens been built by scientists and and whatever but some of that is a bit too sterile for me i went once went to a factory in eli in cambridge and in this factory, they grew and they processed all the lettuce, I think, that McDonald's used. And it was fine. It was lettuce. Uh, but it was sterile. It was all hydroponics. And everything was perfectly clean. 
and all girls. It is a bit factory farming like, isn't it? You know, it's not the real, and yeah, maybe we're being a bit nostalgic thinking of, you know, people out working the fields and growing rows of lettuces. And, you know, farming has changed as well as horticulture and everything else. But, you know, there's nothing like getting your hands in the soil, growing them, seeing how things grow and understanding those challenges because growing something underneath in those urban, especially indoor where you can grow lots of things, it's a totally different game. It's nothing like growing plants in the soil and growing plants as plants should grow. And you have to learn, you have to learn a totally different way of growing, but actually having it in your hand, growing it in the soil, go out to your own garden, digging it, you know, and using that and having that soil in your hand and growing stuff in it. It's just, it's much more enriching. It's much much better. Well, I think uh, Living and Beauty making a great point there. You need to be able to consume some dirt for selenium. Now, I don't know what selenium is, but I know what the philosophy is, and I don't think you're far. Um, you're, you're, you're far selenium off. is uh, to get all the plant nerdy. Is actually a variety genus of plants which are in the carrot family, which are umbels. So they're very like cow parsley, and there's selenium wallachianum, which is one of the cow parsley relatives, which looks amazing and has very delicate foliage and beautiful cow parsley-like flowers that will be used in things like the Chelsea Flower Show. But that's me totally going off on a tangent about a word that I saw. So well, there is a plant called selenium wallachianum, which is just a little... This, this is gardening conversations, and you are allowed to go off on tangents. It's a little bit different when we broadcast this way. I'm Dermot. This is Paul. You'll find Paul on at Paul T. Smith. We're part of this broadcast called Garden Conversations. We will be here weeknights at 7 p.m., weekends at 11 a.m., right through this crisis to answer your questions. We have a group of wonderful